You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we take interesting people with interesting taste in music and talk to them about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week on the show, we are chatting with Australian singer-songwriter Haley Mary. Over the summer, while recording an episode of this show, I was exposed to Haley's music, and she quickly became one of my favorite and most listened to artists. She's got a lot of great new material out, so we're very excited to have Haley Mary with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm here. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> so the first thing I want to ask you about, so th- this is our, our second attempt at doing this. And last time my car had been boxed in. So I was talking to you from a friend's bedroom and you asked me, you said, next time we chat, remind me to tell you about the story that about a car getting boxed in. So we're going to kick off with that. Uh, do tell, please. So I think it was in like Liverpool in the UK, but I can't remember exactly. Those years of touring have sort of blended into one. It also could have been somewhere in America. Anyway, somewhere where the bikey gang Hells Angels has a presence. (laughs) Right. And we had this show that was quite late and then we were going to pack the van and leave and drive overnight to Germany to make it to the to the show the next night because that was the kind of touring that we were doing at that time. Right. Uh, didn't have the budget for you know flights and stuff like that, and so it was really tight. And we got out this like what you call a disco loadout, which is like you probably know when like you're playing and as a band and then it turns into a club night and so you have to like right, right, right. carry all your gear through all these like munted 21 year olds and it's horrible right. <laughs> um, I've never heard then- it called that before but now that you <laughs> explained it I know exactly what you're talking about and I know it the feeling yeah. and um, anyway so we'd done this disco loadout only to get to the car and see that it was parked in by this like pretty small car but nonetheless a a solid vehicle um, that we couldn't drive through. And we were like, like the, like this person didn't come back for like ages. We were there like packed, ready to go. And we we're like, shit, like if this person doesn't come back, like we're going to lose some hours and probably right. miss our show. And our um, guitar tech had been like, you know, he's a, he's a crew dude. I don't know what they're like over there, but like over here, they're kind of like, often into metal they've right, got their right. tattoos. their history has been in heavy music so they've done a lot of touring and he used to tour with this band called rose tattoo okay who are the kind of band i'm not going to say anything but they're the kind of band that some people who ride motorbikes might be into right. okay. <laughs> let's just leave it at that right. um and you know big guys leather all yeah. the stuff and um, and Boo, our tour manager, started talking to these guys, and they were like, uh, can, "Can we help you with something?" And he was like, "Well, I mean, it's just like we're kind of stuck in here." Right. And that like he made friends with them by talking about Rose Tattoo, and and they were like, they they offered to help, and he was kind of like, "I'm I don't really want you to help in case you like cut off someone's thumbs or something." <laughs> Like, I don't really want to ask these guys for help, but we kind of do need help. And they were like, oh, no, we'll just lift the car for you. And so this guy, they went out, like, into the whatever warehouse office they had or whatever and found um, their mates and, like, four members of this maybe gang, maybe they were just friends, <laughs> <laughs> lifted this guy's car out of the way for us and... We were on our merry way to Germany and we made it in time. So Wow. I love that. I was so glad that's what they meant. They're like, we can we can sort it out for you. We were like, no, 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 yeah. it's fine. Uh, 
yeah you don't really want to run that risk it's a bit uh, it's a bit tricky all right so I'm, I'm really glad I asked that then um so the way the way the show works is uh we're going to talk about one of your tunes and then we're going to talk about uh a list of songs that you've sent me uh and then we're going to end with another one of your tunes the one that I want to start with is off of your EP it's a song called Brat and the reason why I wanted to ask you about it is because I I listened to an interview that you did where you described the the story behind the writing of this something about your your boyfriend chasing you around with a guitar yeah it sounds dodgy but right. it, was, it was not in an abusive way um he I had this um writing session and um you know I don't know if you know about these like when management and industry people kind of put songwriters together right. to try and get them to kind of cross pollinate and make ideas. And it's like, it can be great, but sometimes it's a little inorganic and you get right. kind of teamed up with people who you've got no chemistry with yeah. and you're kind of there for a day trying to make this song at one. They're like, make a song in a day. And you're like, yeah, eh, it really worked like that for me, but I'll give it a go. Anyway, I was kind of trying to find my way as a solo artist and, so I was pretty vulnerable and a bit lost and I'd been put in the room with a bunch of songwriters and I had this one session with this one guy that was just a bit negative and like a bit soul destroying. It was not, not so much his fault. It just like, we didn't gel. Mm -hmm. And I got home and I was just like to my boyfriend, I'm going to probably tap to stop songwriting. I think I'm just going to give up. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a bit done. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he'd had a couple of wines. Right. And, and he was feeling in a great mood and he's a songwriter. So, mm -hmm. but he has this really strong work ethic of like, just keep going. Like, yeah. doesn't matter if the songs are shit, you know, he's very inspirational in that way. But if you add that with like to a bit of alcohol, he just like picked up a guitar and he was like, that's pathetic. Why don't you just write a song to this and started right. strumming like a chord. And I was like, no, go away. And then he just kept going and like, Eventually, it was like, write a song, come on, write a song. But I was like, ah, oh, leave me alone, and like running into different rooms. Sorry, I just dropped a camera. Yeah, just running around, like knocking on doors, going, come on, come on, come out. And I was like, leave me alone. And then eventually, um, I just like started writing a melody to right. to it because it he was too persistent. And then the song appeared, but um, and quite quickly actually. But then I kind of. I woke up and I was like, oh, we wrote that song last night. And he was like, what song? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I could have just not even given him any royalties. He totally would have forgotten. But I felt it was important. And obviously it was about, you know, me being a bit of a brat. But then the sentiment, I think, is kind of not wanting to actually give up and finding that mm -hmm. through, through perseverance, right. which was nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested, like, from there, like, where, like, you write that one song, then how does that sort of move and progress into this EP? You know, people always kind of want these like clear narratives, but I, like, and I think I've probably said that that was kind of the start of it, even though it right. kind of wasn't in ways, I just can't remember the little tendrils of narrative. And that right. sounds like, it sounds like a story. Uh, I decided not to give up and then right. I, and it's really like, sometimes people kind of tweak it a bit or I tweak it because, yeah. Hey, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. But I think I'd probably already written the piece of perfume, the song yeah. off that. Um, but I'm not sure. And I think I'd written Holly, but then there was a couple that I wrote later. Basically, I think the sentiment was that, I still wasn't sure whether I could do something solo, right. but that song to me was a symbolic kind of, no, you really do want this, you know, because yeah. I think that's the biggest kind of deciding factor. Like they say, you can have talent or whatever, right. but persistence is yeah. key. And I think it was that song for me. So it's not so much that I hadn't written anything before it, but yeah. it's like the, the spiritual instigator, I think of being like, no, you got to do this. And then, I guess the other spiritual instigator was when um, we moved to Edinburgh for a while and I had to right. get myself a job in a, a caf, as they call them, right. which is like just a dingy cafe. It wasn't that dingy. It was a very nice caf, actually. But 
working at like 7am and freezing Edinburgh, like dark, like not seeing the sun because the sun sets at 4pm and it comes up at 8. Yeah. And I was freezing, riding the work with no money and ha- like serving disgruntled Scottish tradies. And, and I kind of like, it took me a month in like I've been trying to write for five years, like work out who I was and blah blah blah. It took right. me a month to write an AP in that circumstance where right. I was just like, I can't do hospitality forever right. anymore. Like it's so there was yeah the brat moment and then the kind of yeah that just that sentiment of I guess I I need to break out. I want I want more kind yeah. of thing. Well, and it's super interesting for me just because like I. A lot of the time we'll have people on the show who have been in like, you know, notable bands and then have like moved on to a solo project um, that I'm less familiar with. But with you, it's the exact opposite. It's like literally like I I came to know your solo project before I came to know anything about the Jezebels. So it's yeah. So it's yeah, exactly. There you go. So (laughs) refreshing. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's the Jezebels, but it's like, you know, most people have heard of that first sometimes want more of that and they're like why are you doing this <laughs> right 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 yeah but, no um, i mean and it, but it's cool it's cool just to like kind of hear how you go from one to the other um especially given the fact that i'm vastly more familiar with the other well to just to like premise preface that also there was a lot of years of like mindless wandering right a, i was a bit of a lost soul like because yeah. the jezebels wasn't exactly like voluntarily we haven't stopped, to be honest, but right. it voluntarily slowed down. It was kind of due to the illness of a member of ours. So it was kind of a bit like a carpet had been pulled out of from under my life. And I kind of just like floated like a lost spore right. in the universe, trying to find my feet for yeah. quite a while. Because um, the biggest thing that happens to female artists, I feel, like who go solo is or just are solo is this expectation of like slick pop. I don't know right. why. Yeah. Especially if they have a melodic sense. Right. So I I found that I, I probably always expected to go that way. And then when I found it going that way, I didn't like it. And I was like, right. actually, this feels really inauthentic. So finding direction took longer than I thought, actually.
right, so now we're going to get into this list of tunes. Um, big, Fontaine's DC. Fontaine's DC, one of my favorite bands to come out of the last few years. Managed to catch them play a gig in Toronto, and it was an absolute treat. Uh, just simple question. What do you like about this song? Oh, I love them. I love his lyrics and um, just the energy. And obviously, I've got like a Scottish background with Irish mm-hmm. descent. And um, I think there's just something in the kind of punky folk stuff that just like is my dad. Right. Um, and just that kind of attitude. And the the I like how they, like obviously they have great, kind of with a pop sensibility crafted mm-hmm. in a in a punk way songs but they also like they just like touch on shit that so many songwriters don't even talk like they even mention the word catholic mm-hmm. these days in a song like you know you just don't really hear about like right. much topical or something that could be thought of as like political i hate using the word deep but there is a little bit of like i guess social commentary in there that i sometimes find missing in in um mainstream music and they're quite mainstream like because yeah, well, they, they got a grammy nomination yeah and it's like i i wouldn't call them mainstream but they kind of are because there's just somewhat of an old school classic kind of appeal to them and mm-hmm. yeah so i just find it that inspiring i love poetry yeah and i love like when cynicism and romance get kind of fused and to the the contradictions that people play with with poetry and yeah. I, I like how hopeful and cynical that song is at the same yeah. time it's just it's got so much spirit yeah yeah i couldn't agree more dublin in the rain is mine a pregnant city with a catholic mind stands those sheets for the birdhouse jail all mescaline when the past is stale pale dublin in the rain is mine a pregnant city with a catholic mind slick little boy So next up is Cup of Destiny by Amel and the Sniffers. Uh, more or less the same question. You know, another another band that I've really come to love in the last few years. Uh, what, what do you like about this song? Similar thing, really. I <laughs> to to Fontaine's. I love that. Like, there's some poetic um, but catchy punk that's mm-hmm. coming to the foreground of, of alternative pop. I guess. Right. Um, uh, like it doesn't have to be too slick. It can be quite dirty. It can be quite aggressive. These are things that I feel were not always the case in recent years in, mm-hmm. in indie slash pop rock, whatever. Yeah. Um, I really love so Amy. I met Amy a few years ago. A friend of mine introduced me to her on the phone and we, he was like, you guys would get along. I think you need to talk and just right. put us on. And we started chatting and we come from the same um area in um the northern rivers i come from a town called byron bay and she comes from just outside of there i think like right. or something and um a big kind of scene that probably like most rural towns in the world at that time it's pretty dominated by like hardcore punk yeah you know how yeah. like that whole movement was growing in the late 2000s early yeah. 2000s late totally. 2000s like and, dudes windmilling um, with their shirts off yeah, in the pit and, like, and stuff you like go that. To a yeah. show if you were maybe interested, and it was a bit of a bro club. Yeah. Like I found it. I've always found it 
equally inspiring and at the same time alienating. Mm. I liked particularly in Byron because it was such a hippie town that yeah. there was this kind of, it was a reaction against like the lost souls that the hippie movement had mm-hmm. fucking left behind, excuse my language, just like this kind of sex, drugs, rock and roll, no responsibility kind mm-hmm. of drug fucked chaos that kind of let that movement sort of left in its wake in some, some families. Mm-hmm. But um, not to say there wasn't good things about it, but there was also negative residue as well particularly when the hippie side was phony and it was just laziness. But um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so there was that reaction against that in, in my town that, that manifested in like straight edge and that right. kind of thing. And so I, I always found that hardcore punky stuff like inspiring, but at the same time alienating because I'd go to the yeah. show and like get kicked in the head or some dude would be like, who are you here to fuck? Stuff mm. like that. It was pretty broy at the time, yeah. and coastal regional Australia was really, really broy and right. really sexist, and really like it's changed so much. It yeah. was it's crazy how much has changed um, in the last ten years. But Amy came from a similar background, but whereas I kind of moved away and created something like the Jezebels, which is quite overtly feminine and like i took my inspiration from like gothic uk like something that was the opposite to the australian coast right like it was kind of an escape from it um not to say there's no influence from coastal music on on the jezebels but really went for like a trying to be different to that whereas she went kind of head on into it yeah and i've always admired that because that that felt like the choice i could have made but decided not to yeah um and then apart from wearing black, which is kind of a bit hardcore. Um, but yeah, so she, I just always kind of seen her as like this cool Mad Max-esque figure that's like trailblazing into the Australian desert, like just tough and, um, but also like her lyrics are actually like a lot cooler and more poetic and deeper than a lot of like the poppier or, punk or, or even hardcore punk i find like right i i don't know i just she's got a good good combination of like cool carelessness but also like thoughtful songwriting yeah like she means what she says and stuff yeah and it just it sounds good like i don't i think yeah she she means what she says and she says stuff that's good <laughs> So uh, next up, round and round by the DMAs. 
Um, again, like so, this album, "The Glow," was like my favorite album of the last year, uh, and this song was one that was uh, covered many, many times in my basement uh, oh, this really? summer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what do you? I mean, you know, it, it's a phenomenal record. Why did you pick this song? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I love the whole record. Um, I think it's actually my boyfriend is Johnny from DMAs. I like, it's funny because as, as his girlfriend, I probably shouldn't like this story, but I think like he told me once what the, that song came from, which was like, um, like a, it was like walking home from like a, um, a one night stand or something right. um, on a Sunday morning. And I just, I'd been in that position before so many times <laughs> before I met him and we were both pretty lost and like wayward. And we used to even just like wingman each other. Right. Um, when we were, cause we were friends before we were together. And I just, there's something I like, like the band is, it's a rock and roll band and it's a dudes band and lots of dudes are into it. And that's like something I really love about that side of Johnny is like how, um, and DMAs is how they're so appealing to boys. And I think um, maybe the opposite to what I was kind of shying away from in the hardcore scene, I think boys need music more than ever these days. And I think there's a lot of like, particularly in the UK where they're quite huge, there's a lot of um, lostness about young young men these days. And I, I like football and rock and roll and all those cliches, like I've, come to really appreciate that they're like great outlets for max masculinity. And, mm-hmm. and I, I love the DMAs because they kind of, um, not only are they an outlet for like a bit of masculinity, but they're also an outlet for like a real sensitivity yeah, um, totally. and escapism and romance um, in young boys. Yeah. I just, I, I like that song. So it was one of the more rocking ones on that, on that record. And it had that history of like my boyfriend who's but like as a single young lad you know and i i've just i just think that's a nice memory yeah yeah well and and it's it's cool how they have been embraced so heavily by like that kind of lad culture in the uk um like that that's that's how i you know just just from like brit pop fan groups that's how i heard about them um yeah they could have easily you know i think at first though that was like people saw it as like a bit of a maybe a negative thing like if you're sounding like something that's maybe not you're not from Mm -hmm. but like people forget how extensively linked australian culture can be with uk culture and like a lot of people's dads were for britain and came here what people were born in britain and they live here and so i guess like people were initially maybe a little bit cynical about the Britpop thing, but it's like, no, this is pretty genuine. Like yeah. these kids grew up listening to Oasis just as much as yeah. any kid in Liverpool or fucking Manchester. And um, they're doing it better than a lot of British bands. Yeah. <laughs> I think had their songs and the like Tommy's voice and their playing not been so good, it might've been a bit naff, but right. yeah. Yeah, no, they made it work.
right, so next up, Texas Sun, Leon Bridges. You know, another one of the great 2020 releases. What do you like about this song? I just heard it in a bar um, and I loved it, like just straight away. I, I think I think a little bit, um, a little bit of me was like, I felt really emotional when I heard it because it reminded me of going to America. Right. And I felt pretty sad about that over the last year. Yeah. <laughs> Just because so, you haven't been able to? Yeah, and I'm not sure I will ever be able to again. I'd actually like it's I'm sure I will ever one day. Right. <laughs> but like as a touring musician, that was always I used to stop in Nashville. Some of my favorite places were like the Midwest, like the South mm-hmm. kind of vibes to play. I don't yeah. I don't know why there's just this sense of like going to the people there because yeah. you're away from like I'm not religious but like the Bible Belt is like it's pretty music loving world oh, you know yeah, and sure. there's a lot of history there and you're away from like the hip New York LA kind yeah. of industry wank um, which has its fun points as well but, but there is a certain of, amount of snobbery that's there yeah and you go south and you just like direct to the bloodline the people mm-hmm. you know these are the people who really are, are music fans. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved being in Texas and being in, in Nashville as well, um, which I know is not in Texas, I'm pretty sure. Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, but just, I don't know, I just remember, I used to end my tours there in, in Nashville and I used to stay there for a while. And like the country music and the you'd go into any bar and there'd just be like beautiful, like, most beautiful singer-songwriters in the world there. And Mm. I don't know, I just, I heard it and it was like Texas Sun and it just took me to like being on my own, driving through America, like Mm. just, I don't know, a bit of a lost soul, but kind of loving it. And I just hope that it'll happen again. Texas sun 
baby, you're so gorgeous. How about you and me? Take a little trip. In the big body. Take a ride with me, baby. You by my side. How does it sound? You and I. All right, so next up is uh, a, you know, speaking of Canada, a, just a Canadian classic at this point, um, Dreams Tonight Always. Uh, th- th- this is one that, that gets picked a lot on the show, but I love it because what what's always interesting is just getting to, like, there are songs like this where I feel like I now have like such a broad appreciation of it because so many people pick it because I get to understand like how it's influenced and, and you know, inspired so many different people. So um, with that in mind, what uh, what is it about the song that you like? Well, actually, may I ask, do as many people pick Archie Marry Me? It's usually either this one or Archie Marry Me. I think one person yeah, picked that- Adult Diversion, but generally people tend to pick Always a lot. Yeah, I can imagine why. I mean, you're Canadian, so let's be <laughs> Canadian. Duh. But also, I pick this. I do actually pick either Archie Marry Me or Dreams Tonight in like a lot of these kinds of things. Right. Just because it was when I was living, when I moved in with Johnny and we came, like, well, not moved in, started hanging out with Johnny and we were kind of, we're sort of squatting above mm-hmm. this pub that our friends owned and it used to be like um it used to be like the kick on place after the pub shut and so right. we'd often end up there and like the um mason from the dmas also lived there and it was just kind of like there'd just be acoustic guitars going around and um and everyone was just like pissed and sharing demos a lot right. and I I remembered this song and Archie marry me and all those kinds of, that was when I first was introduced to always. And I think um, it's kind of like that beautiful jangly indie pop that probably influenced Piss the Perfume a lot. When I, like it was one morning I woke up and like, there was like this, I was like on a couch and there was like dappled light and I was hung over. And you know, when you feel like you're a bit touching the void when yeah. you're hungover, it's beautiful, but you're kind of in the other realm. It's like you don't you don't feel sick. It's just kind of sublime. Yeah. And I had this wonderful hangover, and I just kind of like been listening to that song, and I just I I just wrote "Piss the Perfume" like in that morning, wow. and I think I don't know. I just think that's probably like it's a bit of a romantic time for me because it yeah. was a bit carefree and it was exciting and I was falling in love. And they're such a romantic band. Rode here on the bus, now you're one of us. It was magic hour. Counting motorbikes on the turnpike, one of Eisenhower's. Live your life on a merry-go-round. Who starts a fire just to let it go? Saw you on the street, but I 
right, so next up is Guilty by Lady Ray. And I, and you know, it's one that I had not heard before, which is always, you know, cool for me doing this show. Like I just get to learn about new music and I, and I you know, bearing in mind that I've not listened to much of Lady Ray with these sorts of songs. I always like to ask the question, like, assuming I've never heard it before, how would you sell me on it? Well, I had only heard it like really recently and I haven't listened to much of Lady Ray either. And to be honest right. with you, I actually found it via Leon Bridges because I was like, I wonder if there's more of this stuff, right. <laughs> basically. Um because he stuck out. And I, I wouldn't say that Lady Ray is like super um, similar to Leon right. Bridges at all, actually, but obviously just fans also like yeah. connection. The old and algorithm. I wanted to put it in there because it was, it is stripped back and soulful and kind of like pretty different to a lot of the other stuff that I'd, I'd included in there. Right. And I just thought it was, a she had a beautiful voice, but I, I wouldn't want to like, go too hard on describing it because i'm not super familiar with her work um but i just really liked the song and i yeah. it's something i want to do i like i have all these cliche picks that i always do for like playlists that mm -hmm. are like not new to me and just like stuff that i used to listen to as a kid or yeah, yeah. Uh, ba bands that i know and are friends with or whatever and i, I wanted to introduce something new to new to me and new to it, basically. I feel empty. My cup to cheers is alone. You're not with me. When will you be coming home? I don't wanna sleep in my bed. We are nearing the end. Uh, 
and we're going to wrap things up with your latest single would you throw a diamond um what uh what's the song about um this song is kind of speaking of like pasts it mm -hmm. was originally like one of the, the the original idea came from an old song of johnny's mm -hmm. when he was in like his bluegrass country phase um which never really left him by right. the way um because i guess like a lot of the time you know that two chords and the truth thing like it's pretty universal yeah you can find a good country song at the at the root of most songs yeah. most rock songs at least um if they're good yeah. <laughs> but um he he basically just like almost thrown it away kind of thing i think right. he wanted dmas to do it or something and it wasn't really them and it's, it's quite wordy and right. that's not really their style. And it's, it is kind of my style. And he sort of hit me up and was like, would you ever sing, try singing this? And I just felt I really, really liked it, but I felt it was kind of incomplete. And like, I didn't really, it felt like verses to me and it didn't, it had what I call a chorus, but it didn't have like a, the next bit of like the kind yeah. of bringing it home kind of thing. And so I was like, like, yeah, I would, but his version was quite slow, not slow, but like chill. Yeah. And I kind of just like wanted to speed it up and make it a bit punky and lifted it up a few keys and yeah. made it and changed little bits of the melody here and there and added a section. And I guess the the section that I added was like the would you throw a diamond bit, which is a, kind of what I felt like gave it like a resolution or something. Yeah. And it was a little bit of a tip of the hat to like the process of writing it, which was yeah. like, this is such a good idea and it's some of those sad things in in any creative's life where you've got so much that never sees the light of day yeah and you hope that generally it's because it's shit but yeah. often it's not it's just like not found it's the right project you're not you're not in the right band or the right kind of producer didn't come along or the right collaboration you've just got all these like little ideas that um just need the right person to shine them up, yeah. I suppose. So I just felt like it would be, and, and there was something about like a the romantic um, side of it, yeah. like um, you know, there's a a metaphor in there for a, a lifelong relationship, I suppose yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm interested like in this idea of like, you know, sort of throwing away a di like you know throwing away a diamond and, and sort of leaving something undone you know I, I, as you say like it, it's it's easy to i guess to hope that it wouldn't have been you know a smash anyway but but i i you know as someone who's not at all creative but who likes to surround himself with creative people i would imagine that that would kind of be like a gnawing feeling at you like mm, like is that song that i wrote like six years ago that i've never done anything with is that is that like the thing that's going to be, I would imagine that that would just drive me crazy. Do you feel, yes. yeah, feel that at all? People have got like, I've got a whole project that I'm like shelving at the moment, like right. an entire side project. That's like, and it's all to do with like how you package and how you're branding and keeping a coherent um, narrative for people because apparently people can't fathom complexity right uh, all the industry thinks they can't and so therefore it is true that they can't right right, so, right like you've got to have this like i guess in the streaming world it's like um because because it's not really so much about tastemakers anymore and i guess people don't people go to you because they're like i feel like this mm -hmm. Haley mary's that yeah i feel like this dmas are that Feel like this leon bridges is this and so right. if leon bridges changes his tune too much and puts out too many varied things then you know you like you dilute i yeah. suppose the notion of yourself in in the public and there's so many artists out there that i i get why you have to limit yourself the heart one of the hardest things about being yeah. an artist is limiting yourself it's not, not just your ability but it's your kind of curtailing your ability to to streamline yourself and I think that's what happens with, with ideas. Like they get parked because they don't fit where you or your band or your label or whatever. Right. 
has your vision and it is it is a bit heartbreaking and so it's really exciting because some of them are diamonds some of them are like better than what you're putting out right. for some reason you're like no i'm putting out this because it's coherent and it's part of a story and a whole right. and that makes sense to people and it's not to say that that's wrong actually there is there is something kind of cool about that but um yeah i think it was really nice for johnny to have this song that saw the light of day and and was finished well i feel like that's a good note to end on but before we wrap up um you know always at the end of the show guess uh we always like to give you a chance to plug uh your latest releases upcoming projects uh obviously no touring but uh or at least no touring here for the foreseeable future but uh where can people check you out and what can they expect to hear from you well yeah my last song that i put out was would you throw a diamond though i think um I guess technically I did also do um, like a version more recently than that, right. which is Triple J's covers thing. I don't know if you know Triple J. It, it is big here. Like it, it's, yeah, it's right. made its so way. I did a Lana Del Rey cover of Chemtrails Over the Country Club and that was pretty fun. Yeah. So I would say maybe check that out. And also Would You Throw a Diamond, um, which we did live on like a version too. So there's a cool like a version there's a cool live version of Would You Throw a Diamond where I got like a girl band and one of them has a guitar. So right. I think you should check that out. <laughs> and you're dressed in like all gold too. It's like a crazy yeah, yeah. look. It's fun. And then um, I guess I'm I'm talking about putting more songs out. Currently I'm, I'm sitting on about an album's worth of songs. But the question is, do you blow your load of your debut album, which you only get one debut album, you know, it's kind of, you want it to be special. Do you blow that out on a world in which you can't tour? Yeah. Or do you do a few songs, maybe break it up and then, and then later put an album out. And so I'm just kind of pondering that, just treading water, putting little songs out here and there because I'm still so new and like, I want to build something. And I used to, tour yeah. <laughs> to build so yeah. hopefully we can do that again but yeah just i guess um listen out for individual songs and follow me on social media i guess yeah that's it that's the best place to find it these days yeah love it thanks very much to Haley mary for joining us this week as always you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcast just look up having a chat the show is produced by myself and hillary johnston and all social media and marketing materials are done by Petra walker so don't forget to check us out on social media the theme music is composed and performed by duncan briggs and sugar glass and to wrap up this week's show this is Haley mary with would you throw a diamond would you throw
Would you throw a diamond away? Would you throw a love?